Hello. What? Can I ask how you're handling the coronavirus lockdown right now? No. Get, get away from me. I just want to know how you're dealing with isolation and having to stay at home. Six feet, dude. You, you're right in my face. Oh, come on. Do you need a hug? No. Right now? Get. Are you lonely? Fuck, get away. Good morning. Dystopia may be beginning, but we have art. And somewhere down the road, when the pandemic is over, in a tucked away studio or within a pavilion at a distant Biennale, there will be representational emotional justice and aesthetic clarity to the events that have since passed. These are the things that give me hope and give me something to wryly smile about while I make coffee and refuse to watch the news. So, go write something. Go paint something. Go sculpt something. May as well, no? Much love, at Zoe J.A. Taylor on Instagram. Five minutes past 12 midnight. Look how he presses his face toward the bar. I'm a friend of Sierra Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No. From Sacramento, the heart of California, and around the world, Genuine Modern Radio. Radio Flom. So this is one that I had started a few days ago and again it was stream of consciousness stuff. So it's the way that I was processing the information that I'm being fed from all these different places and it gets in my head and I get a little nuts and I don't know how to process everything. So I find myself in these weird moments. So. Luckily, this time I'm recording, so let's see if I can get this idea down. I'm not promising it's good or that I'm going to do good, but because the voice still sounds, the voice still sounds a little funny to me. But here we go. Too many 
this was Entpop's Anything Box. To process demo, it Entpop on Instagram. You're up and running! With bright eyes shining, with bright eyes shining, with Hello, my name is Coda. I go by Snortrax on pretty much all social media. I make music and I draw and cosplay and I have a cat. <laughs> yeah. And as great and fantastic as your cat is, we're here to talk a little bit about your music. Oh, I have to go. <laughs> I have to leave. <laughs> so you've just recently put all your stuff onto streaming platforms, right? Well, I put... Um, the album that I'm most proud of that I feel like is most um, has the most production work put into it I finally released that on the streaming platform so that was a big deal for me <laughs> I basically do my albums where I write music organically which I think is pretty normal for musicians to do yeah. you know writing when the when the feeling comes to you but I definitely don't write with the intention of compiling my music. And I'll basically realize at certain points that I have music that I should compile. And so that album I compiled in 2014. But the music is probably between the years like 2012 to 2014. It's funny because I've since transitioned and like transitioned to my gender. And I've definitely become a very different person but I still like I still feel really strongly about all of the music that's on that album in particular it's called Tangle I feel like some of the some of the melodies are just so catchy and I really was hitting something on that so so really proud of it that's good yeah I imagine being so in tune with your own voice you know by being a singer it can be a little bit hard to appreciate some older stuff of like a different identity it's actually really cool um, cause I'll listen to my higher pitch and I'm like, wow, I can't do that anymore. And like, it's not necessarily a negative feeling because, um, I used to be able to do vocal impressions that I actually would always think like, wow, can someone take this away from me? Because I don't want this voice inside my body. And um, now I can't do those voices anymore and I can hit like a lower voice range. So when I listen to my old stuff, it's like, it's like hearing somebody else almost, um, even though like I have the memories of recording it and like, I know it was me. It's. It's sort of a different person. <laughs> That's a cool way to be able to see it and like still enjoy your older yeah. content then. Yeah, definitely. I still really love my old content, even though like I've grown a lot as a musician and grown a lot like as a person, especially with my gender transition. And yeah, it's it's just makes things more interesting. <laughs> so I know that there's a lot of people out there that are kind of just the step before where you're at of like wanting to put their music out there on something more than just like a SoundCloud. So how's some of that process of like getting on to Spotify and iTunes and everything? Yeah, SoundCloud is making some interesting decisions. So I imagine a lot of people are in that boat. Um, I mean, it's really nice to start with Bandcamp because you can pretty much just do everything yourself. Um, and I found out about this program called Root Note, and it's root like path, like R-O-U-T-E, note. 
And you pretty much just go on there and um, I'm not going to say it's like the best um, ratio of sales. Like if you think that you really want to like blow up someday and get those sell dollar, a dollar lot, bills, yeah. dollar dollar bills, I wouldn't necessarily use Root Note. But like me, I'm more focused on getting my music uh, listened to. And essentially when the new year came around, everyone started posting their uh, SoundCloud like decade um, stats. I was like, oh shit, a lot more people use SoundCloud than, or uh, Spotify than I thought. And um, essentially I was like, well, if people are listening to Spotify, I should probably be on Spotify. Uh, and that prompted me to want to like compile my music more professionally with Root Note. So how's it been now that you're you're on Spotify? What are like the things to focus on when you're on Spotify? Um, so definitely I'm not 100% sure, but from what I have heard, um, everything's sort of cryptic, but, uh, from what I've heard, if you get your music shared onto playlists 40 times, then what Spotify does is they start recommending you. Like apparently they need to, they need to program like an out, al- you know, an algorithm of like what your music is going to be related to. And so they use the okay. playlists to associate your music with, other artists to recommend people. So my goal is to like start getting recommended um, and getting like fresh listeners. And so, you know, I'm trying to see if any of my friends will start putting me on playlists and that's what I'd recommend focusing on. So really just putting new artists into playlists really helps them out. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then also listening to the playlist. Of course, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so I never thought about that, how the playlist is trying to see like what you're similar to. Mm -hmm. So my playlist then mess everything up because like when I make a playlist, it's <laughs> it's not about genre, it's not about theme. Like mine, I like try to transcend like from one kind of thing to a different one. So well, I might you be honestly you might be doing better than you think because like so the type the type of person that you are, like the demographic that you're in, in general helps the artist because like say like I have a high I have a high demographic of like women and actually I was really happy to see that that um, my ratio of non-binary people who were listening to my music on Spotify was really high um and I'm really glad Spotify has that as a demographic yeah Spotify <laughs> has male female non-binary and non-disclosed I noticed for yeah. their stats which is pretty cool yeah so I guess my point is that like your age group and like your demographic in general um it doesn't necessarily matter like what you're listening to because that's important regardless of other people are listening to the same thing. Yeah. So it'll like help people with like similar backgrounds. Yeah. Connect to like even music. if you listen to me and then Veggie Tales, <laughs> like right after. Oh, I'm gl- glad. That's actually what I've been doing. Um, I know. It's this mashup project. <laughs> I'm trying to make a snore track salad. So I need the Veggie Tales. <laughs> oh, God. That's amazing. Gotta have it. I'm hiding this. I know you're poison. We'll come to this. I know it hurt and I hurt a lot. Take the fangs out, let me drain it right. Give me trust and sell me Nothing else can stain and nothing count. I know it hurt and I hurt a lot.
Every single time that I go into a production and like recording, um, it's it's a huge it's a huge like each single time is such a huge booster to my to my um, experience because it takes so much detail work to do any recording and like I definitely am not any sort of artist who would like to perform live, which I've been finding is more like more unique because most most artists I talk to they do want to perform and for me like the process is actually like recording and mixing and like putting like different effects on things just finding out that there's there's stuff in my programs that I use that I didn't know about before (laughs) so yeah it's just hugely valuable yeah enjoying the tools of the trade and like learning and growing with them yeah definitely So what's kind of uh, the next stuff now that you have this album of like um, some collection of your older work, what's, what's coming (laughs) out next? Um, Well, I definitely haven't put an album out in a while. And what I want to do is I want to put out another compilation of the rest of the stuff that I have on Bandcamp. I have a couple of singles that I released. I'm going to compile that. Uh, put that on Spotify. And then I actually am going to put out a a brand new album of stuff that I haven't released at all. Um, I'm really excited for some of that stuff because it's me currently. And I do feel like I've come a long way. Some of the stuff that I'm going to release has um, different sorts of techniques than I've shown in my music before. So yeah, I'm excited to see what people think about it. So could we maybe get like an early preview of one of these new songs then? Maybe. you're not and you buy back though too if i were you i wouldn't be so cool wet and dry i'm so fucking high on charm and stumbling too but i'm not you and you are just so cool a crystal sunrise reflecting in my hands i swear to god it's all intentional intentional we know it won't work But we are just so close As humans go, we are sensational So where can everyone find you then? Um, so I said before, um, on pretty much all social media under Snore Tracks, 
like Snorlax tracks, T-R-A-X for music. So you can always find me on social media. But yeah, it's on Spotify under Snore Tracks. Like I said, there's going to be new releases. I don't know exactly when, but um, definitely for the next couple months. And you'll find me petting my cat. That's where you'll find me. Z-Y with Colt. You can find her as Ezzy's E-Z-S-Z-Y on Instagram and TikTok. This is Radio Flom. From Sacramento, broadcasting now. We have more amplitude modulation than you do. Okay, what do I... Am I supposed to... Imagine there's a virus. It's easy if you try. Nothing is like it. Everyone asking why. Imagine all the people trying to survive. Imagine there's no vaccine. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to eat or drink now. And no medicine too. Imagine all the people dying far too soon. You may say it's just the flu. And you're not the only one. No, I'm not doing this. I hope someday you will wake up and see that no one even cares. 
<laughs> Nobody cares. In the public interest, one of the nation's major health centers, in cooperation with the American Medical Society and the United States Public Health Service, bring you The Silent Invader. Starting in 1914, the world was devastated by a war unlike any other at the time. The war to end all wars, which dragged on for four years, was a hell of a lot longer than the two or four months they expected it to last. While they drank tea or ate Berliners, built fiats, or whatever the people in Europe were doing when they weren't at the front. The front line of the war stretched from top to bottom of Europe, over 400 miles in United States measurements. And today, filmmakers are obsessed with movies about it. Recent releases include 1917, They Shall Not Grow Old, Journey's End, The Ottoman Latunet, The Promise, France, Sergeant Stubby and Wonder Woman, a strong female character whose creator was totally into lie detecting and BDSM, originally fought in the sequel to The War to End All Wars. World War II Bombs of Benty, Die for Infamy, that could be the title, it could. was directed by Mel Gibson, who you could see die in the war in the 1980s film, Globally. And in the 1990s, Indiana Jones fought in the war on the side of Belgium. Look it up! It's all online, especially for those of you so bored right now. I'm talking to you, Brian Huck. There was the catastrophe of 1918, when an influenza epidemic swept through our own nation, as well as the entire world. Unlike the battles of nation against nation, or humanity against the forces of nature, when man has often had an opportunity to prepare himself, the battles against disease throughout the centuries have often found man in the unfortunate position of having to combat this enemy only after it had infiltrated his community and infected much of the population. So gender specific here. Then man fell also on his as he did. about the pandemic that supposedly is tied to the horrific sanitary conditions of trench warfare. Though browsing about there are several disagreeing theories from where this came from. Like maybe there were birds involved. Or pigs. Maybe. Maybe pigs that fly? Like we all know this may have been the origin of the flapper. Sorry, that was mean. There was the catastrophe of 1918. When an influenza the influenza pandemic of 1918, also referred to as the Spanish flu, spread around the world, though mainly covered by the media in Spain. And because Spain was not involved in the war to end all wars, their newspapers were publishing uncensored reports of the deadly flu, while the rest of the world knew nothing. So, the rest of the world, you know, got all racist and called it the Spanish flu. Because that's how humans react to things. Blame somebody else. Another race will do. And buy up all the toilet paper. 
and improv lies at a press conference. Named the current virus after China while calling it a hoax, which caused half the country to completely ignore anything is wrong. And so they went and breathed on their friends and shit like that. Nothing really rational, you know, ever. Like, what would Captain Picard do? It would be nice if he were in charge, wouldn't it? He'd fly in the face of the admirals who would tell him to shut the fuck up. He would! Because of the alertness and efficiency of the Interworld Health Organization, a detection system similar to that of the aircraft spotting has been established throughout the world. He'd also point out that the Spanish flu is not the coronavirus. And stop thinking it just because it has the same name as a beer made by people who speak Spanish. Amazingly, scientists think Latin is cool, so the coronavirus that looks like a crown was named after the basic Latin root, corona. Not because it was a cool advertising gimmick that could horribly backfire. Surgeon General of the United States Public Health Service. But I don't think anyone really knows what it is. Carl, it's a one of the upper respiratory... The Spanish flu, correctly referred to as the H1N1 virus, is basically the granddaddy of the 2008 H5N1 bird flu. A pandemic we have a vaccine for because today we have things they didn't have in 1918 like powerful microscopes, advanced medical knowledge, vaccines as a condition for attending school, which, lucky if we have that nowadays even. We are concerned because in the other countries in which it's appeared, and even in the outbreaks that we've had so far in this country. Which led to our much longer lifespans. Understanding the DNA structures and all the science stuff that keeps happening even though an orange guy who lives in a big white house is doing everything to either stop it or find a way to profit off of it. Or blame China. It has spread and localized outbreaks to So the big cry of the new year has been that the Roaring Twenties are back! And we were going to be partying just like over at Jay Gatsby's place. Though we've been doing that quite a bit already. Also back in, a pandemic. In a much different form. Again, COVID-19 is not H1N1, or N5, or Spanish. Please stay home, stream media, like everything is out there. Except Bob Fosse's All That Jazz and Peter Greenaway's The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. Have you seen Babylon Berlin? Get going. You have like almost 30 episodes to absorb. Catch up on Radio Flom. You know you've missed an episode or five. Or you can start it now. Start backwards. It always helps usually. And just know we have to make the 2020s our own decade. Get past all this traditional conservative bullshit and see what we, humans, not birds, pigs, or cosplay flappers, are really capable of. Because some great things are going to happen once we get past all this bad stuff. Like having leaders in the White House who think like Jean-Luc Picard. Well, someday... Oh shit, 24th century? Are you kidding? Is that how Stardate fucking works? It can strike you and your entire family at the same time. Ya saben, toma algunas coronas y cuenta tus rollos de papel. Estamos tan tenso ahora. Tal vez lo que realmente necesitamos 
es un descanso de todo el que has, del que ha, hemos estado sufriendo para años ya. Tiempo a relajar. That you will cooperate with the medical profession and the public health authorities if it becomes necessary to set up priorities for those groups responsible for public welfare and safety and who must continue their important services if others of us are temporarily. Do, do you remember the influenza of 1918? Yes. Did we lose relatives? Uncle George. Was his uncle? Didn't he fall off a train? Oh no, that's right. That's right. He caught fall off a train. Who? Who? Who was it? Did he have the flu though? No, I don't remember that what happened then. Once again, one of our favorites, Lauren Rocket, Ghost in You.
flaw. My one school closed and I was teaching like nine classes at any given time. And uh, I found that after seven, I start to lose track of which class I'm teaching. And I said this one thing and I didn't realize it pissed off the professors. Mm -hmm. It was, if you're going into graphic design, you have to think beyond what you're learning in the classroom. You have to do other projects to really explore what you can do as a designer, or you're just gonna get stuck in what they teach. And apparently they don't like that then because they're control freaks. It's all people following directions you have to teach their curriculum if you veer from it and they actually fired me not that I veered from it I taught exactly their curriculum with a little bit more they fired me because they thought I might veer from, from the curriculum and I was like where are all these control freaks coming from you see and, you might be a dangerous person <laughs> I don't think I'm a dangerous person I was just like are you kidding me I just want you to think for yourself and Maybe you'll produce some good work that's beyond what everyone else is doing. From Tel Aviv, experimental typographer, graphic designer, Odette Azer, talks to Radio Flums, Steve Mihalo, about creating in different medias, and the art of teaching. Don't be a cog that fits into yeah, the machine. But, but you see, it's, it's a risk. It's a risk. I think that it's it's a very hard to to ask this from a, a young uh, student. It's it's very risky, and even when I was a student, I was in fear that my teachers would not like what I'm doing. You know, because we are like we are trained to please others. You know, so so in a way, I. I, you know, I, I understand, I understand what they said, you know, but actually what I'm doing, I'm encouraging my students to start asking questions after they understand how it works. So first of all, I explain to them how it works and then I, uh, we move to the next stage and sometimes Next stage is after they finish school. Yeah. Because it's very hard. You know, there is something, there is a task that is very hard for a student to do. They are asked to learn the profession and simultaneously to suggest new ideas. And this is very, very hard for anyone, you know. So in a way, that's why I think that's why uh, uh, design uh, studies are so emotionally hard yeah. to, to do. Because if you learn, for instance, if you, if you study m- mathematics, most of the time you study the profession and you are asked to suggest a new uh, approach just after you finish, just like to, to do it on your... I don't know, uh, MA or even uh, to, to write a doctorate or something like this, you know. But when you actually learn the profession in graphic design, you have to do one more thing, which is very, very hard, is to suggest fresh ideas. 
So in a way, I understand what they say. I don't judge them for that. Uh, but I also understand your point because I'm like that. I'm like, <laughs> why don't we do it in a different way? Why don't we try to think about this stuff in a new way that will might match better the current situation? Uh, so you see, you have to handle with all these, you know, you have to work with all these aspects of our professions. Yeah. And, and especially if you teach. Yeah. I, what they had me doing at the local school is I would teach all the type courses because they, they discovered a, I got this thing where I could think differently for every course. So the preliminary course was actually I was teaching calligraphy because it's like, if you want to learn anything about type, you've got to go back to the flat edge. Wonderful. And uh, the real funny thing is I'm not a calligrapher, but they learn calligraphy <laughs> under me. And they actually, uh, the real cool thing that I aim for is that they could look at Latin, the Latin alphabet and actually see the strokes, see how the ink affected, how the letters were designed and see that in fonts uh, as they came out. And I, I actually, because the world's gotten so used to the word fonts, I've stopped using typeface because they all know it as fonts these days. So that's one of the yeah. evolutions. So I do that, and then they're like, ah, okay, type is... Uh. So then I go into boot camp, and boot camp is how to set the type and all the rules of setting type, and that's where they hate me. And that's usually where they want me fired when they realize how much they have to know. And it's like, oh, the, these are aligning numerals. These are, you gotta, uh, if you don't kern your one, that's what we're going to judge you for in your business card. Because it's the first thing a trained designer looks at is whether or not your kerning is yeah. there. So uh, I take them through all that. And then is the fun class where I really just have to get them out of those boxes that they've ended up mm -hmm. in. And one of the things that kept coming up along the way, because I also ended up with a preliminary course that um, out of desperation, I had uh, like two weeks to prep it. I turned it into a sort of seminar on the preliminary course at the Bauhaus. And the students had to go and study the masters and what they brought to the table and why we study their stuff. So they got a, a reason behind all of that. But the fun part with that was the um, in there is where I plant the seed because I found a video on this that you're not a factory worker. And that's what, in fact, I was getting a master's in uh, education and I found out that we are all trained to be factory workers in the U.S., especially in high school. So I'm really up yeah. against not only the fear of that, the fear that they're not going to get a job, the fear that they're not going to do pass their tests as opposed to learning stuff. So yeah. it's it's been this really interesting, I think it's a fight really over here because um, out of high school, they could pass a test and they could get a good grade, but they won't learn anything. And I found yeah. really big, just a big mess with school is we'd have people graduating who didn't know a thing because they know how to get their numbers right and pass tests. And I got to a point where I had to start eliminating tests because they would play they would play the game and go forward. So well, there is all, all, always the tension in art schools between teaching the profession, the profession, and teaching to think. I mean the the war between concept 
and doing things in the right uh, way, this tension is always there. And at the end of the day, I think that the ideal graphic designer is one that, that knows how to do things, but knows how to think about things and how to break the rules. This is like the ideal designer for me. And, and I think that we cannot ignore any, I mean, we cannot ignore one thing for the other. Yeah. We have to teach everything. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, sometimes we have to give up. Sometimes we cannot teach everything. Sometimes we have to let the natural talent of the student to do what it has to do or you know uh you know i had the, this uh this uh video that i filmed with me holding a sign selling saying that i can teach you what good design is but then i'd have to kill you <laughs> and what i really meant behind this note and by the way it called the note uh is that if I really explain to you uh, how good design works, I might kill your creativity. And this is something that nobody wants, you know. So it's always on the border between explaining everything and, and with it giving the space to the student to think for them for, for, for himself or herself. But uh, I remember this when I started teaching because it's kind of how I learned, which is if you go into school and you're young and you want to be radical or whatever, uh, or, or it's human nature to want to do the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Uh, I, I like saying, if, for reference, uh, there's a thing, a book of Genesis, look up apples or fruit. <laughs> and you just plant ideas in their heads it's like the film Inception, and you hope they kick in within the next five years. Yeah. At one point, I was saying, I'm not a teacher. I'm just giving you things, and then you have to go figure it out on your own. And they don't like hearing that, but <laughs> so I stopped saying it after a while. But that's that's really how it works. And, and I've had students I've seen within five years who are working retail, and then I have students who are doing just really incredible things in the design field because somehow those little ideas planted and I have to keep reminding myself of that because I'll get in the moment and I'll forget. I'm just giving them an idea that they're going to have to wrestle with later. Yeah. It's just a metaphor. <laughs> it is just a metaphor. And I understand the young generation that, that is fascinated with uh, working with your hands because it is such a fun thing to do. I mean, it's much more fun to use your hands than to design on the computer, obviously. And yeah. sometimes they really, they miss something that they never experienced. They miss something that they actually don't know what they miss, you know. Uh, and yeah. and I, I understand why they are fascinated in, in, in your lecture about doing letterpress, you know, and, and, if you let them work in this way, some of them will decide to mix like new media with the old media, which is one of the most beautiful things to do. So 
for me, it's always going back, back and forth history, through history, through the history of uh, making things and not limiting yourself into one technique, but it's wonderful to learn some techniques, just some different techniques and, and to try to mix them up and to see what happens. It's like video with ink and uh, animated GIFs with uh, uh, artificial intelligence. So why not? I mean, this is the perfect uh, playground. And I think that uh, we see a lot of good stuff out, out, out there, you know, using different techniques. Let's get some makeup in there and uh, song and dance and, <laughs> and different forms of music. I mean, yeah. um, I see the whole history of, of typography as my playground. It start yeah. like it starts like uh, three thousand years ago, for me at least, and it ends in the future. It ends in in a hundred years from now. So in a way, I think it is uh, uh, it is important to draw your inspiration and your methods from the past, as long as you keep in mind that you have to do something new. With that, of course, now when you have these programs, these amazing programs that everyone can mix and match, you know, it's uh, I, I'm amazed I could put out this podcast every week, <laughs> and because uh, it's like this would have taken at least six months to a year using analog equipment. Yeah. What we're doing here, well, for me, it's like uh, going into a huge supermarket. It's like you go into this huge. A uh, place where you can find on the shelves almost everything you would love to see. You know, it's an amazing experience to dive into history. And for me, is like toys. You know, and I play with them and I try to think how can I add to this magnificent history? How can I relate to that? How can I make myself part of this? amazing chain even if it's a small part but but i feel like i'm fortunate enough to be born into a uh such a, a rich culture and for me is just in between west and east just in between the past and the future and just in between uh you know emotion and a thinking process, you know. So it's all these things that, uh, for me, it's uh, a way of think about the next step, or free from trying to fulfill anyone else' ideas about uh, how typography should look, you know. So yeah. in a way, I try to invent the future, but base based on the past, based on my knowledge about my heritage and my culture. Yep, that's good. Right. Ready?
home I've been quarantined Started a little after 2019 Now I play on my phone and I stay in my home Till the government says it's okay Biggest outbreaks and SARS Can't go to restaurants and can't drink in bars all the grocery stores bare, I can't drive anywhere And even Costco's out of TP Oh, woe is me Yeah, yeah, edit, edit all that out. Should I start over again? Yeah, let's start over. <clears throat> cough, look over here. Cough, cough. <clears throat> This is the world premiere of Lush Life by Orion. Yeah,
Hey everybody, it's your friend Orion, and you just heard Lush Life for the first time anywhere in the world. That's off of the album Lush Life by me, Orion. Hi. Yeah, we have Orion back, <laughs> but not with the experience, but with uh, a different experience, your personal experience, right? That's right. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit of what this uh, album is and how it like reflects you more as an individual artist? Yeah, definitely. So the album's called Lush Life, and it's um, it's really a collection of stories that I've written over the past, I'd say, three years, and um, they all reflect experiences that I've had. And uh, Lush Life. It's my happy place. It's my garden in my backyard. And it's where I uh, spend time communing with nature. And um, and I wanted to put into music the way that I was feeling. So that's where that title comes from. I feel like uh, this album, all the songs really have a synergy to them, but they don't uniform to the same sound. It, it really plays around with a lot of different different sounds and everything. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of like cross uh, genres in there, but they all feel like maybe they're coming from the same narrator. And um, my idea with this album was to create a collection of songs that feels like a collection of paintings so that you would walk through a gallery and and one painting would be, you know, filled with like reds and oranges and, and make you think of a beautiful sunset, like maybe Tiger Lily. And then one of them has like a, it's like my blue painting, which is beautifully losing her mind. And, um, you know, the purple one is way too high, you know, so that you can really like walk through it with your mind and, and really see a gallery of different stories. And um, I think I, I think I got close. I'd say, yeah, you nailed it. It it doesn't feel like it's just experimenting in everything possible. Right. It, it feels like, you know, you know what you're going for, but you're not going for the exact sound in each one. It, it really does have this like a, you know, narrative evolution of, of, of sound, this like story that's not just in the same spot the whole time. Yeah. What was like the creative experience just for Lush Life itself, the the song? You know, it's funny. I've been I've been writing music for the Orion experience, but then also for myself. And um, I've really had it in my mind that now I kind of write songs and I don't necessarily think of myself as the singer in the song. I, I write a song and I think about like somebody who would be really good singing it. And I don't know why, but I just thought that this song would be sound really good with like a young British woman singing it and kind of like a Lily Allen. So I wrote the song for like another artist and then I couldn't really find somebody to sing it. So I ended up singing it myself. And if you hear me sing it in the song, I kind of almost have like a British sort of tilt to the um the way I sing it. And it's because that's how it was written. It was written for somebody else. But yeah, the song itself is just about having to travel. Well, you know, not so much anymore, but uh, I travel a lot on airplanes and I'm always flying all over the place and the time differences and it can really grind you down. It sounds glamorous, but it, it's it's a drag sometimes. And sometimes sitting on an airplane flying who knows where I just close my eyes and I picture myself in my garden in my backyard. And that's my lush life. So that's that's the that's where the um, the idea for the song came. Those two ideas. What were some of the other like voices and, and like performers you were thinking for some of the other tracks? Yeah, um, I've been <laughs> I've been writing a lot in the mind frame of writing for uh, drag performers because 
I really feel like it's my personal theory that drag performers have a lot of like the dangerous rock star energy that that when I was growing up, like maybe like Motley Crue had or like David Bowie had like, yeah, you know, they they're they're edgy in a way that is like still unacceptable in society, like in a weird way. They're, they're kind of like the last like sort of punk rock characters that we have in this world. So that's been making me excited to write for them because also they can be anything they can be you know david bowie they can be um you know like b-52s they can be so many things and that's what makes it cool so those kind of characters i just i don't care so much about um you know how well you can sing or you know if you've got perfect pitch i want characters so yeah so uh if if you're a drag performer and you want to collaborate on some music let me know um i'm always looking for artists to work with and i've been really fortunate to like really have over this past year through the the re interest in the orion experience and in in the music that i've been writing i've really been exposed to some really talented people and so i'm i'm hoping to like really continue that collaboration in the future how can people get a hold of you to collaborate i mean just write to me on my instagram i i like will write back to you really fast i'm pretty i'm pretty bored a lot of the time and i'm just uh scanning my instagram but i love it man i love it i love when people reach out and and i mean i think like what else is social media for except to like you know express your ideas and like especially express your artistic ideas don't really care too much about your politics because everybody's got an opinion on that but like you know your creativity if you if you can really you know, connect with other people, man, that's the purpose of art. It's not about anything else except for to connect with other human beings. So, you know, always reach out. I'm always happy to say hi. We touched a little bit on it the last time you were on the show. You really are always engaging with with your audience and everything, especially as like you start growing your numbers and everything. I haven't seen you like drop down at all. That's what it's always been about for me like whether or not i've ever like made any money at this and for the vast vast majority of my career i have not but it's always been about the connection with a human being it's the best part about being an artist is to have another human being say i get that that spoke to me i listen to your music and it makes me happy like that (laughs) i'm crying again i do it every time i'm talking to you but like that's for me the most the most important thing um and it's the thing that I, I crave more than anything else. It's what makes me wake up in the morning and write a song. It's just because of that just joy that you get when somebody reaches out and says, I love your music. You know, everyone says art is to to communicate, but I feel like music touches on that in a way that a lot of other visual mediums can't because, I mean, you're actually using your voice to speak to people. Most people think of this when they write songs, but you're setting poetry to music. And so you're really writing poetry and then you're singing it, which is just I read somewhere that lessons like school lessons in ancient Greece were taught by singing them. And that blew my mind. I just like they would sing the lessons to people. And I think that's so incredible because singing an idea to someone with the sustained harmonic you know, resonance. It's just powerful, man. So if you get your ideas down in poetry and say what you want to say and then put it to like unforgettable melody, there's nothing more powerful than that. And, and, you know, you listen to it with your ears. You don't, we see so much things with our eyes these days, you know, everything's like, see, 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 look, look, look. But if you close your eyes and you put a pair of headphones on and you listen to the music, man, it can take you somewhere and you get to decide what that story is and you see it in your head. 
that's why music connects with so many people because they see it in their head, whether it's like it's their soundtrack when they walk down the street, they see it and they look cool or it just takes them somewhere else. It's a magical thing. Back to your original question. Yeah. I mean, I love to engage with people. And as my friends tell me, they're like, you need to write music is what you need to do. And so, you know, I, I try to to balance my time between reaching out to people. But, you know, I think that like I always appreciate it when I reach out to somebody and say, hey, man, I, I like really like what you do. And when they respond to me, it's just it, it's a gift that is really special. Too much. 
Line, Salt Lake City. Illustrator, designer and owner of Small Made Goods. Nicole LaRue, last heard on our, Fed, episode, has two books out right now. Small and Mighty, an activist's guide for finding your voice and engaging with the world. Girl Almighty, an interactive journal for being a mighty activist of the world and other utterly respectable pursuits. Because we still read, don't we? It's just a bit difficult to get books right now. But books will get us through. For more info, check out the interview with Nicole in the Salt Lake Tribune, linked via our blog post for this episode. Flom.us stroke updating the past. Dateline, Sacramento. Lynn Feifei's incredible distance between black and white multimedia show at Dwellpoint is postponed to end of April. Quote. We should always keep in mind that we're already so lucky to have everything we need to survive. The key is being responsible, stay in and maintain positive energy and so whatever we can do to spread human kindness. I'll be giving some online art tours and talks about the show that I've been working on for years. Available artwork and merch will also be added to my website soon. For updates, head to linfeifei.com. Quote. Social Distancing. Distance produces beauty. Dateline, Flomission. Vicky Braun has taken over Symphonic Sundays because she said, quote, You need some better. We also have cabaret posts every Friday night, Saturday night jazz and if you like the music we play on Radio Flom, we also curate a playlist every Monday morning of a lot of music we don't play on Radio Flom. Well, you can see some of the artists we play here there. The Flom Mission playlist on Spotify. Not easily searchable on Spotify, though. Not sure why. But you can find all this music and more at flommission.tumblr.com. Yes, we're on Tumblr. All five of us. Still. Dateline, Dare Tongue. Non-stop Malmberg. Jason Malmberg. 
taking on the shifts in government that caused COVID-19 to overrun us here in the United States, as the numbers go up every day. Like, this isn't the World Cup. We're not supposed to beat Italy and China and get a trophy. Jason didn't write that. Eliel did, in a text yesterday. And Caitlin, Emily, Ruby and Melody have written posts too. We'll also have something new from Boar von Modena later in the week. Flom.us stroke dare tongue. Where distancing socially is what we're really good at. To keep you feeling on top of the world, medical knowledge proves that nature should produce about two pints of liver bile, the vital digestive juice your liver makes, each day. Otherwise, your food may not digest properly and leave you feeling dull, headachey, sluggish. Scientific facts show it takes a two-way treatment to get the vital digestive juice flowing quickly and to relieve sluggishness without disturbing digestion. Therefore, do as thousands now do. Take Carter's Little Liver Pills. First, because Carter's start the vital digestive juice flowing, usually within 30 minutes. Second, because Carter's gently help you to that glorious feeling that goes with regularity. Remember, many ordinary simple laxatives don't, but Carter's Little Liver Pills do give this two-way treatment. So take genuine Carter's Little Liver Pills as directed tonight. Tomorrow, see if you don't wake up feeling glad to be alive. Get Carter's at any drugstore. 25 cents. You're listening to Radio Farm. We are all static. So are you.
Like I've never been happy Like I've never been satisfied Like I'm constantly waiting for someone to lay me down to die Like I've always been angry Like I just never arrived And each shadow is screaming in me Each shadow is screaming that I This was Autumn Sky Hall, My Own Worst Enemy, a track off her Scout EP, available through Bandcamp. Our friend Autumn lost a lot of her income due to the cancellation of her 2020 Technicolor tour, though she's managed to keep her awesome Monday Night Open Mic series going through videos posted on Facebook. Your purchase of Scout helps support her art. Someone two houses down is playing music so loud I can hear it in my house. Do I go over and break my isolation and attempt potential infection from complete strangers, or do I straight up call the cops for noise violation? You can go through our front door and clearly hear the music as well, even though it was playing in their backyard. And at one point, I stopped and I heard what I think was a parent yelling at a kid saying, I told you once already, turn your music down. And they didn't, so I'm 100% conflicted.
This was a rare track from Sacramento's own Malcolm Bliss. Sorry, Jess, we had to play it. Loud. Radio Flom, go fuck yourself, Sacramento. I've been told I need to console everybody. Okay, then. Nature is doing fine. I hate how they say the economy is tanking. We don't need to do all that shit. I don't do any of that shit, anyway. Okay, cigarettes and coffee. Yeah, those are my sins. Then again, because I have smoked so much I will die earlier and won't tax the world with my old age. I'm a recluse and misanthrope. The life people are having right now is good for nature and it's what I always do. I don't have car, don't go to social events, and don't consume much at all. I always stay at home and never eat more than one pizza a day. Where are you listening to Radio Flom? In your favorite easy chair? I see your eyes in the morning sun I feel you taste me in the pouring rain In the moment that you wander far from me I wanna feel you in my arms again And you come to me on a summer breeze Keep me warm in your arms and then softly leave It's me you need to show How deep is your love, is your love How deep is your love I really need to learn Cause Benjamin's acoustic quarantine cover is now available on Bandcamp. Please support all of our musicians and artists. Everyone has taken a hit right now. If you are able to share, please share. And next week, we will have an exclusive interview with Charlotte, not the Bee Gees.
Radio Flom is brought to you in part by Empty Freeways. Yes, without a commute right now, these beautiful ribbons of concrete and rebar look like modernist tributes to Oscar Niemeyer as well as the invention of perspective drawing. Empty Freeways. Something we never, ever thought we'd see. Carter's Little Liver Pills. They do the work at toilet paper without the danger of toilet paper. And I have no idea what that means. A laxative that also cleans up, that's not even possible. Oh, I have a note. Try a corn cob. Mayallo's dad said everyone used to use the Sears catalog. Now we don't have that around anymore, do we? Unless someone left a pile behind in the basement of Willis Tower. Fixafile.com. Great printing at low prices. Diego Valley. At twitter.com slash Diego Valley underscore LTHM. And soundcloud.com slash Diego Valley Music. Seventh Swami. At seventhswami.com. And. The best way we know of to talk to people while stuck at home and record them for your podcast. Squadcast.fm. Remote interviews for professional podcasters. Everyone is streaming something right now, and Squadcast.fm can keep you up with the Joneses. You remember them. The gossips down the street wondering why your shades are drawn and why those loud squeaky noises seem to project more at night. And the Jones are like that too. From Sacramento, the heart of California and around the world, this has been Radio Flom, featuring a cast of dozens. Appearing on tonight's episode, in order, were... Milk Surface Chad André Zoé Taylor Kelsey Kuknik General MacArthur And the Pop Snortrax Kidoke Ezi Kailin Jane Talia Dichico Dorothy Mehalo Kenny Mildred Tristicia Langorem Sean Jenny Soto Dorothy Mehalo Lorraine Roquette Autumn Sky Hall Jeu de Près Malcolm Bliss Charlotte Rose Benjamin Continuity provided by Our Anunce Audrey Daggett Jason Spear Vicky Brown et Kidoke Radio Flom is produced by Steve Mehalo et Milk Surface Theme music by Chelsea Davis Sound design and engineering by Steve Mahalo. Mahalo, bro! 
Radio Flom is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. However, recordings of contributors or guests of Radio Flom are still protected under international copyright laws. All episodes can be downloaded for your convenience. Radio Flom contains works featured for review, opinion, critique, parody, and or artistic transformation, and will contain adult content and nudity, just like they used to talk about on the back of the bus. Flom is a faux modern art movement, art history resource that promotes learning and education through new and alternative media. Flom is your online connection to art history, music, and beyond through Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias. We are all Flomets. You can be too. Donations gratefully accepted at patreon.com slash flomus or just buy us a coffee at flom.us slash coffee. We are at Flomets on most social media. Flomus, should I just say Flomus? See, I think... I think the Flom US is better. Flom is sometimes explained, but usually not. If you don't like this podcast, do something about it. This has been Kid OK signing off saying, sometimes that light at the end of the tunnel needs to dim their brights. For you English-only speakers, I said, have a few Coronas and count your toilet paper rolls. We are so wired in right now. Maybe a break from all the chaos we've been surrounded by for years now is what we really need. It's time to relax. It isn't hard to do. 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 Jet Black, Johnny B, Jean Genie, Killer Queen. Jet Black, Johnny B, Jean Genie, Killer Queen. Guitar, drums, load up, stun. So come on! It isn't hard to do. It isn't hard to do. It isn't hard to do. Crockett. Yeah. Satellite of love. Cool, man. Cool.